What's up, everybody? I uh, hope you're doing well. Got a cool episode today. Uh, Mason Schultz, who is a fitness enthusiast, among other things, uh, he's on the pod today talking fitness, talking uh, strength conditioning, talking about a lot of stuff, talking about some books he's reading. Uh, had a really thoughtful conversation, thought it was awesome. Uh, hope you enjoy it. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, whatever. Appreciate all of it. You guys are awesome. Without further ado, here's the episode. All right, welcome to Little Pod That Could. My guest today is Mason Schultz. Uh, Mason, thanks for being here. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's, it's uh, I'm kind of excited. Like I was telling, we were talking about before we started recording. I don't even really know how you are. I think I saw you in one of AJ's videos, and then you popped up on like people you may know on Instagram, or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that dude. And um, I was kind of surprised because you were like playing hoops in his video. I'm like, I coached basketball in the area. I'm like, how do I not remember this guy? But you didn't play sports at all in high school right um i play lacrosse um okay. <laughs> yeah so i was kind of a yeah i um i was kind of a problem kid uh, at that at that part of my life um i wanted to uh drink and smoke pot and be a miscreant and lacrosse allowed for me to show up stone to practice half the practices and start you know and uh, basketball and football all required a lot of work that I just never fell in love with, and I felt that to be good at those sports, you had to love the work, and I just didn't want to do it. I just wanted to be good at school and, I mean, get stoned, and that was what high school was for me, man. <laughs> okay, because when I was yeah. asking around, too, I was like, I was like, this dude's athletic. Did he play any sports? Like, yeah, not really, but he's super athletic. Like, everyone kept saying the same thing, so I was kind of surprised. Like, what the heck? How come he – what's going on? So, okay, that makes more sense. So were you like yeah. – were you always into like fitness and athletics, like from the get or? Um, so, I mean, going into high school, I guess. Um, so I grew up in Salem with my aunt and uncle for the most part. And my uncle was a really big fitness guy. Um, he would wake up very early in the morning, had a pretty strict uh, regimen of how he was uh, maintaining his fitness into his older years. And um, he kind of got me into it probably around 14 when the courthouse battle Creek courthouse would let you in. That was their age threshold. And then, um, I mean, I think just like a lot of males, you have that interaction. Um, I had an interaction with a female who had a lot of leverage as far as socially in high school. Um, I was at South Salem at the time and she said something, um, that resonated with me and fired me up and put me in the gym and my, Parents were dropping me off five, six days a week since that point until I got my license. And so I think I've, uh, and it's been pretty much just since that point, I've been an evolution of on and off passion for relearning how to, how I want to approach fitness, um, whether I wanted to be an athlete or not. So, and now I've gone more like the aesthetic part of it, I, I find. Okay, so the driver, what was the driver initially? I mean, it was it was obviously <laughs> to get attention from girls, but uh yeah, like yeah. so was it all has it always kind of been about the looks and the aesthetic or was there a time um, where you kind of considered 
Um, I would say so. Initially, I would say it was about the looks and the aesthetic because because you, you want to look good, you want to have muscles, you want girls to be attracted to you. You're young, you're insecure, you're very impressionable, mm-hmm. and uh, you you attack uh, the gym that way. So you you're fired up just from that really shallow kind of I need girls to give me more respect, and also you get more respect for males if mm-hmm. I mean uh, it's if if you have a cool looking physique. So it started as that. Um, I think around sophomore junior year, AJ um, was in my Spanish class. Lepre um, was in my Spanish class, and he was on an AAU team. And they were short guys for a weekend. For uh, they're doing fall basketball, and they were short guys. And he said, "You're really tall. Um, do you want to just stand in? Um, it'd be a huge favor. Uh, you know, we'd buy you lunch, and you could come hang out. Um, you come hang out with us for for a couple of days and play in this tournament." And I did it. And uh, his dad was was coaching us, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sam LePray, but he's he's quite mm-hmm. notorious in in mm-hmm. town. Um, mm-hmm. And he made it pretty clear that I could probably pursue a career in basketball. So I started shifting my uh, approach to the gym more to become an explosive and uh, a really athletic. Um, just to try to be as athletic as I possibly could. And um, I think, you know, end of sophomore year, junior year, senior year, that's kind of how I approached fitness was for those reasons. And um, college pretty much transitioned uh, to a lot more. I (laughs) went to U of all, started drinking again, and fitness was just ended up being more of a discipline thing than anything else. Um, I wasn't worried about the aesthetic part of it. I wasn't worried about being that explosive of of an athlete. I just wanted to do it to make sure I still maintain that habit. And now we're, I've ended up here now and, um, I've, I've gotten like more of the bodybuilding route of it. Um, cause <laughs> lifting heavy and powerlifting is tough on the body, you know, being explosive is not as sustainable as it once was. Sure. Sure. And yeah. so, okay. So when you say you were, sh- you shifted from, you know, more the look side of it to the speed side of it, like, or to the, the athletic side of it, what were you, how were you doing that? Because I mean, you were a kid, like, what were you, were you reading stuff? Were you learning? Like, where did you learn? Um, so you, I, I mean, so I, when I first started lifting, there was very little, there's a lot of like literature online for you to, to read about fitness, but I'm, I'm such a visual guy. It was hard for me to just read something and, and, and understand it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and there was maybe three guys on YouTube at the time who were, who were making content where, um, you were, you could watch them and, and really get a full workout routine from them and learn how to do certain movements properly. I think it was Scott Herman fitness, uh, Jeff Cavalier, who's athlete X, who's been around since, I mean, he's, he's the original YouTube fitness guy. Hmm. And, um, man, one more guy who got hit by a train, uh, not even kidding. He literally got ran over by a train. Like, yeah. Um, like after he was on YouTube or this, like when he was a kid, he became fit. No, no, he, he died. He, his name was Greg Plitt. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Plitt. So he was doing a shoot and he tried to like do some Superman looking stuff and, ran away from the train and it ran him over. So I was learning from those guys and they basically just had like a couple of them had some pretty good instructional videos on how to do things and, and, uh, rep schemes and tempos and things of that nature and, and, and form discussion. And then the rest of it was mostly just like, 
uh, like a workout montage and I'm just pulling pieces from it, trying to make this mashup of a, of a workout and completely underestimating what body parts need to more work. Cause everyone is genetically gifted in a certain area as far as muscle development. And mm -hmm. I just, you just end up at that age. You just end up hitting the ones that are, you're seeing the most growth from, cause you're like, ah, that's exciting. You know, I'm going to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, seeing my back muscles grow, I'm just going to keep doing that. And legs is hard. So you don't want to do that. Sure. And, um, and then the, the, I started in the shift where I learned how to do more explosive stuff. I actually learned a lot from AJ's dad, um, cause he was the head coach for uh, Oregon track club in Eugene. Mm -hmm. So I was very lucky to be able to have the experience of gaining knowledge from him. He guided us through workouts. I basically just told him I wanted to jump higher mm. and, um, he made my hips really strong and elastic and um, made it so that I was in good running shape and I could maintain a lot of endurance, you know, while, while jumping and, and being really good laterally. So I, I basically got that instruction from him directly okay. and um, AJ as well. You know, AJ has uh, so much knowledge as far as how to become a better athlete um, in the gym and then like also on the court. So I, I learned a lot from those two guys hmm. as far as like what it, what it takes to train, to be an athlete, not just to be a good basketball player. Okay. And I want to get yeah. deeper into the fitness stuff, but I mean, I don't want to like, what else are you interested in? Like what else? You know? Um, um, man, I'm interested in a lot of stuff. Um, I, I like to consider myself a voracious reader. Um, okay. I probably, yeah, I make it through. It's, that's actually uh, on my list. I wanted to ask you, like, what you're reading, what kind of stuff. What do you, yeah. since you brought it up, what are you reading right now? Um, right now, I am actually just reading The Power of Now, the Eckhart Tolle book, okay. which is like a self-help okay. book. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I just picked it up because, um, I picked it up because, it was just in our bookcase, my girlfriend and I's apartment. It was just in there and it's old and tattered. And I know it mm -hmm. was a pretty influential self-help book. I've read so many self-help books that I feel like, um, there's nothing that they're going to tell me that's, that's going to be new information for me, but I'm mm -hmm. getting through it. And it's mostly just like a, like a nice reminder of, um, the, the importance of not living in the past or the future and trying to breathe your way through the present moment. Cause, um, I'm, I'm a very, uh, I think I'm just constantly anxious and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think I'm just uh, mentally prepping for something all the time. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just a nice reminder to kind of, you know, ease back in, appreciate where you're at and, uh, not, not think too hard about where you're going or where you've been. Okay. So I don't want to put you on the spot too much. So I'm just going to like yeah. drop this question so you can think about it while we talk about other stuff. But I, yeah. I wondered if maybe you have like a couple books like, okay, you definitely need to read this book. You know what I mean? Like if, are there a couple books that have been really influential in your life that you felt like have been super helpful? Yeah. Oh yeah. I got a couple actually. Um, oh, off the top of your head, ready to go. Yeah. A couple okay, off the top, right. of, my, off the top right, of my go. head. Um, there's one that I want to read. I listened to it twice. Um, I think sapiens, which is a brief oh, history okay. of hum humankind yeah, 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 yeah. with, uh, which is a really, really good book. I think everyone should read it. Um, it's, uh, it's just, it's important to know where we came from, man. Yeah. Um, biologically, it, it just gives a really nice, concise breakdown of pretty much every part of human history, how we developed, like, I mean, cause there were humans that lived 
there were humans that lived millions of years before us and for millions of years. I mean, we're the, mm-hmm. our, our time as a human species has been the shortest of all other humans, you know, uh, Neanderthal and Erectus have been, we're around for millions of years and we've only been here for less than, we've been here for about half that. So, right. Um, okay. that's a really good book. Um, the other one I really like, uh, it's kind of an evil book, but the 48 laws of power. By okay. Robert, Robert Green. Green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really good book. It's a good listen if you have audible. Um, cause it's pretty, um, uh, it gets kind of dense. Yeah. It's thick. Yeah. yeah it's kind of visually yeah. intimidating if you look yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. I've got it on uh, my bookshelf and it's been sitting there cause it's like, yeah, uh, I have that end mastery. Mm-hmm. I think I have two of his books. I'm like, Oh man. And then you yeah, open it so up read, too, and it's like tiny font. You're like, oh, oh man, yeah, this guy's going head. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. But no, definitely give that a read. I mean, if you would, if you want to listen, I I listened to. It. I went through it twice too, and okay. um, just because it has so many things I felt were important, um, not necessarily that you're going to use because a lot of it seems. Um, I mean, sociopathic. A lot of the laws that yes. he explains to you. I mean, he uses people throughout history who were. I mean, wanted who are wanted for notorious war crimes like Henry Kissinger, you know, mm-hmm. and he uses him as an example quite a bit, showing how he it, his whole thing is talk about the law and then how it was applied in history and then what were the consequences of that law. So base and then also giving you like how to avoid falling victim to the same um, to those mm-hmm. kind of power struggles. You know, which is what I liked, you know, and because a lot of it just it applies interpersonally, you know, people try to um, I think most people try to express some sort of power in most interactions. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it definitely opened my eyes to that. And I think the last one, I got one more. Um, I've Oh, this one is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm. And um yeah, breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza. It's a he's a neuroscientist. Okay. And he talks about uh, they basically how we can fall out of uh, our own personal trappings, things that we do personally that get in we get in our own way. Um, the idea of neuroplasticity and how mm-hmm. we can basically train our brains to overcome uh, the ways that we we ruin our own lives, you know, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's actually pretty informative. And he uses um, some of it seems uh, kind of metaphysical at, at some points, but mm-hmm. um, he's he's a pretty uh, he uses meditative examples a lot. Like he, he's really into meditation and things of that nature and how important it is. Uh, takes a lot of principles from Buddhism. Um and I, I, I think I, – one, I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, it's a super mm-hmm. easy read because you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. So, hmm. yeah, I would suggest that one for sure. So now it looks like you're reading from a list. Do you have a list of books you were, yeah. you've read or are yeah. reading? Or? Um, I'm just going through my uh, – I just go through my Audible, one, my okay. Audible account. Yeah, okay. and then just um, so, the ones that uh, – Sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, no, you're good. Oh, it's just the ones that I've gone through more than once. You know, okay. I kind of like if I – if I felt they were worth more than one list, I mean, some of them are 20, 30 hours of listening if you're not mm-hmm. doing it on times two speed. So if it was worth that much time to me, I feel like I should suggest it to someone, you know? Hmm. Now, when you say you're a voracious reader, is that, are you doing only audiobooks or do you act, do you read physical copies too? Or Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, usually use the audiobook thing in the gym. Um, okay. And then, and sometimes it, it just depends on how I'm feeling. Uh, I think audiobooks, 
are are really helpful. Um, I, it's it's really helpful to take in information, and you mm-hmm. don't really have to do. You could be doing any task. Um, like I could be cleaning the kitchen or cleaning my apartment, and I could be listening to an audio book, and it makes mm-hmm. it go by fast. And I'm learning at the same time to where. If you have a physical hard copy of a book, you have to set time aside to to make that happen, which I do enjoy doing as well. I probably get through two books, solid copies a month. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which, um, but I, but like I said, you got to you got to set time out for that. Yeah, I okay. was excited to find out that Spotify had some audiobooks. I've been listening to um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. That one's been really good Did- too. They they started doing audiobooks. So I don't know. Okay, so I just I was like I was Joe Rogan moved on his podcast to Spotify. So I was like, fuck that. I'm not I'm not following Spotify. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'll just stop listening to Rogan. Anyway, I that didn't. I joined Spotify. Um, and so I was like, well, this seems kind of cool. And the thing that sold me was I looked, I searched. I was like, I wonder if they just have books. And that book was on my list to read so I was like, let me just see if they had it. and they had it i was like what the hell but it's like under it's like it's like it was made by somebody else like cruising to boozing or something but it's like they had a whole bunch of like really popular like self-help type of books on there so yeah i've been listening to the audiobook it's awesome so anyway oh so you're saying so you're saying like someone with like a like a personal a personal Spotify account has been pretty much taking the audio from the I don't books think so though because them. I don't think Spotify yeah. would allow that to happen but this uh, Yeah, their copyright's this, pretty snappy. Yeah, this account had yeah. like multiple books on it and I saw some other I don't I don't really know but if you're if you're looking for a book cuz I feel like Audible is I mean I'm glad you're doing it. It seems like kind of a rip off to me cuz you pay monthly but you can only read one book, right? Per month. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they pay, it's like a ripoff. So like Fifteen. Dude. Yeah, it's fifteen bucks a month, and you get one uh, Audible credit. So basically, what you end up doing is you save because most of the audiobooks are between twenty and thirty dollars. So mm. you end up getting fifty percent off that book. So I guess that's where they're justifying their price point. But um, what ends up happening? I mean, you pay for these hard copies. They're they're just they're going to be just as expensive, if not more expensive. And, um, for me, yeah. for me, it's worth, yeah. Like if uh, the, I know like a maybe paperback, you can get it for, mm-hmm. for cheaper. Um, wait, so you're saying you pay $15 and then you also have to pay for the book too? No, no. They give you a oh, credit. So okay. they give you an audible. Like, yeah. The so they heck? give you a book. Yeah. So they give you, so if you were to just buy, you can download audible and not have an account and then just buy books individually. And usually mm. it's like $30 for I each audio book. Okay. Yeah. There's very few that are less than like 15 bucks. So what they end up doing, so that $15 just saves you 50% on an audio book that's usually 30 bucks. Okay, so but if are you only listening to one a month then? Um right now probably yeah, only once one okay. book a month. So it ends up at that probably at this rate it's probably a little bit more spendy than I want it to be when I was listening to more books it was worth it for sure. Hmm. Um but they they only give you one credit and sometimes they'll just give you randomly. They'll just give you another one. Hmm. Okay. Some months well, anyway, will just be like, Hey, we shout out to Spotify yeah. for having yeah. <laughs> a couple of some books on there that just come with the to check that out. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I was surprised and I've been meaning to talk about it on the podcast. Cause I do feel like 
it's super valuable. I'm like, hey, look, I found this thing. People should check it out. But uh, and yeah. it does seem legit. It doesn't seem like some kind of sketchy thing. I think it's I think it's legit through Spotify. But um, anyway, usually sorry. If they, usually if it is, I'll take it down. Yeah, I know, right? I might be telling yeah. on somebody. Um, but yeah. uh, okay, so. Sorry, we got off on this tangent because I, I really like to read too. So as soon as you bring up that you like to read, then I just went down the rabbit hole. But what? Oh yeah, no, you're, you're all good, to? man. Um, I snowboard a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, I love it. I've been snowboarding since I was a little kid. That was also one of the other reasons that I didn't want to play basketball. Uh, um, my mm. family or my my uncle was a really big skier, and um, he went a few times a week and would take me and I started skiing, then started snowboarding and winter and snowboarding just don't go together. I mean, no winter and basketball and, don't yeah, go together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah um, so I coached hoops. I, I remember. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So okay. I just want, I would rather go snowboarding than, than hoop. And so I've been, I've been glued to it ever since I was a little guy and I just picked up surfing and it's really hard. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So especially I've been, I've been trying in Oregon, Oregon cause you have to wear a wetsuit, super cold. Um, yeah, I did it a couple times in Hawaii. I'm horrible at it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing uh, it on the Oregon coast, usually like Otter Rock or Pacific City area. Um, mm-hmm. One of my buddies, um, probably one of my oldest friends that I made here. He's uh, he's a really good surfer, and I go out with him. I, I I can't even call myself a surfer at this point. I just try to. I try to surf. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, um, maybe I'm two, I'm probably two for seven on far, as far as like trying to catch waves, you know, like, I'll, yeah. and I'll stand up on one of them and then I'll just get into one and, you know, eat shit on the second one. Sure. You know, it's, it's tough. It's been a challenge, man. Like, but I really enjoyed it. It's really rewarding. So, hmm. okay. And cool. there's not sharks out. There's no sharks on the Oregon coast. That is a lie. I've yet uh, to see yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sharks yeah. don't they they'd rather not mess with people. Like that's a overstatement too. People people are too yeah. afraid of sharks. Um Okay, so when I was telling people I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm having this guy on the podcast." Like a bunch of my buddies that didn't know you look at you like, "Oh, jeez, how much time is that guy spend in the gym?" So, I'm assuming you get some of that, but like I want to talk about your routines too because I'm guessing that people just by looking at you would overestimate how much time you actually spend working out. So can, yeah. we, can we kind of talk about like, what is, what is your, what's your daily routine look like? Um, so my daily routine, usually, um, I've man, in the last couple of years, I've really started to see the value of sleep. Um, just on, as far as recovery and brain function, um, so I, I've been sleeping a lot more. So basically I, I probably go to bed around midnight and wake up at, um, I wake up at about nine fifteen nine thirty, and I just roll out of bed, put my work clothes on. And then I'm usually at work between 10 and six. And then right when I get off work, I head home. Um, I eat and go to the gym. I'll probably be there by seven, but I don't spend more, more than 90 minutes at the gym. Um, at any time, you know, the only time I do is if I have a buddy there and I end up talking to him for an extra 30 minutes to an hour or something, but I, I don't spend more than 90 minutes there. And, but I am there every day. I, I can't lie. I, I am there pretty much every day. If I miss a day, it's usually because I overindulged, um, Bud Lights my Thursday okay. off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So wait, yeah. seven days a week you're there then usually? 
Yeah. Yeah. Usually okay. seven days a week. Um, yeah, it's real rare that I miss a day. Um, if I take a day off, I usually, um, just combine, I'll usually just do two workouts in one day. So if I find myself at the gym for more than and 90 minutes, it's usually cause I missed a day and I just wanted to, you know, pack them both into one. Hmm. And how did you handle, yeah. cause like with when COVID hit and everything shut down, what was, how did you still keep working out? Like, what did that look like? Um, so initially when it happened, I, was actually, I mean, the timing was actually pretty good. Uh, it was March. I think March 16th is when, was when we closed down last year. So coming up on an anniversary here, mm-hmm. um, I was having some pretty like pretty bad knee and hip issues. And I was already thinking about taking a little bit time off of, uh, lifting weights and explosiveness training anyways, um, just to let my body heal. Cause initially we just thought it was going to be shut down for a week or two. Sure. Um, but you know, but it, it was March and the weather was starting to get better. So maybe I had one or two days a week where it was sunny and I was able to, you know, take some, um, cardio outside or, uh, I found just a, a school playground and I would jump rope, um, just stuff to, just to make sure that my body was still moving. I was going on a lot of walks more low impact stuff. And, uh, what I'm doing was I found a program called the knees over toes program, which Mm -hmm. I, um, highly, I highly suggest for, for anybody. And I heard Um, AJ talk about those, those guys too. Yeah. His name's Ben Patrick. Okay. Yeah. His name's Ben Patrick. It's, um, a lot of people are a little bit turned away by the price point because I believe it's $50 a month. Um, but he has an at-home program, and it's all you get a you get live trainers. Um, I think there's three or four guys in their um, in their program. I think it's called the Athletic Truth Group, and um, you you record videos of yourself doing the exercises because they are pretty non-traditional, and mm-hmm. I guess in the sense of if you're comparing it to what like a high school lifting coach would teach you, mm-hmm. um, just as it says in the title, the knees over toes program, it um, really focuses on knee, hip, and uh, knee, hip, and ankle, uh, just rehabilitation, strengthening um, their whole uh, methodology is strength by length. So they want to put you in the longest position that your muscles can be in and strengthen it at the same time. And I was able to do that with just my body weight. And I think I had, a. you could just, a lot of their exercise, you just do with body weight and a stack of books. If you got books hmm. thick enough to, to raise yourself, like, I don't know, six inches off the ground, you don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. And a wall. Yeah, walls help. Yeah, because you're doing a lot of stretching um, using the wall as kind of as your base to to push into for leverage. But it was super cool. Increased my flexibility for a couple months, um, which I've maintained throughout. I don't have to stretch nearly as much now, but it's um, as far as um, an effective program. And it does make you more athletic. I will say stretching, st- stretching is one of the most underestimated parts of being an athlete. And I found by making my muscles longer, I was twice as bouncy hmm. and didn't hurt. Yeah. The pain, okay. my pain was, was pretty much all the way gone. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you, yeah, go, go ahead. I was going to say, if you're, if you're coaching kids uh, with basketball and uh, they, they, they need any sort of sense of direction of where to start with athletic training, I would say point them there. That's a really good place to go. Those guys mm-hmm. are 
they're it's it's a pretty unique and special program and i don't think they've gotten enough credit for what they're for the info that they're putting out there right now okay um yeah what are you doing eating wise what's that look like <laughs> oh uh, that's my favorite question actually <laughs> um so i saw um, you so went I'm hard pr- today that picture i saw yeah. whites i mean that was like Four yeah. eggs, four sausage, yeah. hash browns, some gravy. Oh, yeah, this guy's going so, hard. <laughs> yeah, so I have a pretty big appetite. Um, I'm a volume eater. Um, I'm not – a lot of people a lot of people who are in the fitness industry like that six meal a day program. I'm not mm. of that nature. I'm more like three large meals mm. um, if I can do it. Um, I don't – I'm a, I'm a all about if uh, – I guess, man, what's the best way to put it? It's called if it fits your macros. I don't know if you're familiar with that eating Mm -hmm. structure, but uh, basically there's three micronutrients that most people uh, track at your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. And I'm a more lazy approach to that. I just make sure I'm hitting my protein goal and the fats and carbohydrates just um, vary day to day and come as they may just based on like what my access to food that is that day how lazy i am with waking up in the morning making food before work am i going to order panda express from uber eats at work today i don't know but um i track i track pretty meticulously so i know what's coming in um so i know how much protein i'm taking in but i'm not really strict as far as what i'm eating um i eat pizza three four times a week um i find myself at in and out because it's in Kaiser now mm-hmm. all the time. Um, my girlfriend loves you wait in food. that line. Uh, no, you go inside. I go inside. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Always go inside. Right. That line's huge. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just go inside. It's so much faster. It's like 15 minutes. What are the biggest misconceptions people have? Because it is, it's weird to be where you and your girlfriend are at because you guys are in this space where you're probably, I don't know, in the top 1%, maybe, I don't know, 5% in the world of physiques, right? So when you walk around, I'm sure people have misconceptions because you look so much different than everyone else. What are the like the biggest misconceptions you get from people when they're just like, I don't know, asking you questions or, you know, talking to you like what misconceptions do they have about how you train or how you eat or or whatever um i think the biggest misconceptions i think the biggest one is food um i i'm a huge proponent of making uh this is more of a lifestyle than it is um then it is just like a short-term dieting solution you know a lot of people are like oh if i need to get in shape i just need to eat brown rice chicken and broccoli all the time and that's not that's not the case um i've found that that is really unsustainable i mean if you want if you want to eat good food eat just eat good food um i found that the the uh, just too being too strict as far as your dieting goes leads to an unhealthy relationship with food whether it's eating too little or eating too much you know it it, it rebounds either way um at, at at one end of that equation i think people are, are afraid of tracking um they think it takes a lot more effort than it really does it's pretty simple my fitness pal is really user friendly you can just take pictures of barcodes and it'll just show up and then you just enter the amount of servings that you've had it's 
-hmm. pretty straightforward. And uh, I think it's important for people to do because um, whether you're looking to gain or lose weight, um, people end up, I think on either end of that spectrum, um, if you're trying to gain weight, most guys who are in that category are eating far less than they think they are. They think they're mm. eating a ton and they're like, oh, I just don't gain weight. I'm like, no, like this is a pretty cut and dry science. If you eat 500 calories in a surplus every day for a week, you will gain a pound a week. Mm -hmm. That is it, it doesn't change for for any human being. That is just how it is. You just have to eat 500 more calories than what your maintenance is. For me, my maintenance is about 3200 to 30 to like 34, depending on how busy work was and how hard I decided to exercise. So if I want to gain a pound a week, I have to eat 4,000 calories a day. Hmm. And that's, and that's what it requires. And I would say, keep your protein on the higher end of it. Um, as far as training misconceptions, people think I just lift heavy all the time. Um, hmm. I don't, um, I'm actually really not that strong at all. Self-admittedly. Um, I'm really focused on uh, range of motion, uh, time under tension, which is like, I like doing really long negatives and explosive mm -hmm. positives, uh, long pauses in the hole. Like if you're doing a squat, I like to go as low as I possibly can into a squat where almost like my ass is touching my heels. Right. Mm -hmm. And hold that position for a period of time and mixing it up and increasing, uh, making sure that your body's just not just not just moving weight that you, it's not able to, you know, people just come in and throw heavy weights around and it's not good for your body. Um, a lot of the time you're doing, you end up overcompensating in ways that are detrimental to your body. And then, man, I guess what's the other misconception I get all the time. Um, thing. I mean, I think for the most part, I think it's just the, the, the whole, you got to lift heavy to be, to be big thing is, is wrong. Um, I think, oh, and the other thing, misconception too, is, um, just, just that working out in general, um, you're going to get like people, a lot of these influencers online, um, they look really good, but they're also following a pretty strict program, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And I like throwing workouts up so people can just kind of get a glimpse into what I'm doing. Um, but in order to see progress, it's important that you have some sort of programming going, which, um, ends up in, ends up being kind of repetitive in nature. Um, but, um, that's what it takes to, to have, to have growth. You have to do the same thing a lot and get better at it and get stronger at it. Um, in order to see growth. And I see a lot of people that just come in the gym and really don't have any idea of what they want to do. And then they're not seeing progress after a certain period of time. It's because they haven't programmed. So, yeah. So uh, that brings me to a couple, I had a couple thoughts. One is if people are wanting to get healthier, what would you say are like the smallest changes they could make to start that have the biggest impact? Um, I think of small change. Um, I encourage people to just walk more. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to get healthier, um, so, I mean, our, we're just kind of moving into a generation that's pretty sedentary. We just, mm -hmm. we don't like moving around a lot. And I've seen a lot of success stories of people who work really quite heavy that moved, um, that just started walking 
you know, for an hour, for 30 minutes to an hour a day. And it's super low impact, doesn't take a lot of motivation to do it, um, especially if you live in a state that has good weather all the time. Like mm-hmm. uh, going going out for a walk is huge. Like you can burn an extra four or 500 calories a day if you walk for an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a good one. Just, just moving around more in general is good. Okay. Um, um, and the other one, I, it's not, I guess it's, it's hard to, I guess I don't like phrasing it as a small change, but I think just tracking your food, even if it's just for a week, um, I remember in, in health class in like seventh or eighth grade, they made us do like a food diary for, mm-hmm. for a day. And I remember it was such a pain in the butt, um, yeah. to do it. Um, but now I do it every day and, um, you, most people find that they are not taking in what they thought they were taking in either. It's Mm. way more or way less. Um, and I was on, yeah. And I definitely, when I first started exercising a lot or lifting a lot, I was definitely on the way more side. Um, I was eating way more than I should have and what I needed to, I was gaining muscle, but with a lot of body fat at the same time because um, I was just focused on the protein number of things on the package. So I would literally just make protein shakes with the worst flavored protein ever. Cause it's, I mean, pro, pro, I mean, protein powders have come so far in the last 10 years yeah. and um, I would just mix it up in this crappy little cup and chug it with milk and milk is so calorie dense. And then yeah. I would, my mom would buy the chicken nuggets from Costco and <laughs> those have, those have like 14 grams of fat per per four nugget serving, and I would just eat platefuls of them and had no <laughs> idea what I was taking in. I was just like, yeah, it's got a shitload of protein in it. I'm going to eat it. So I just yeah. eat all protein-heavy stuff and started figuring out. I was probably eating like 5,000 calories a day Dang. and had no idea. Okay. Yeah, and had no idea. Yeah, and I didn't really start seeing like a lean physique. I was I I was always a little bit. I mean, probably after I was seventeen, always a little bit more muscular than other folks, mm-hmm. um, and the kids my age. Um, but I was never uh, I, I I never had the aesthetics that I do now because I never tracked, and um, that's where I started to see um, like my real growth happen is by is by tracking and really. That's when you'll really start seeing changes in your bodies when you know exactly what you're taking in. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would say just, just. Sorry. So tracking. Those two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just tr- tracking your food. Just, I mean, that's basically just uh, mindfulness as far as eating and and moving around a little bit more. You don't have to lift weights and and do real intense exercise. Just go for a walk. You know, that's that's just start there. All right. And as far yeah. as like your long-term plan, I know we were talking off, off the, before we started recording, you were saying you're kind of focused on building, helping your girlfriend build her, uh, fitness brand. Um, so are you doing any of that on your own right now or are you just solely helping her or what's going on with that? Um, I'm doing a little bit, um, like I've sold a, I've sold a handful of programs uh, to people who ask, uh, mostly mm-hmm. friends. Um, I'm in like that weird stage where I just like don't feel I have uh, the the online presence or, or credibility to 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 ask people for what for what I think my services are worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that um, the on like at least the Instagram fitness presence is. Um, 
it's a quicker you're a quicker path to success for for girls for some reason yes, i don't know what it is sure. uh um i i mean there's a few things we could dive into there but i think there's just a lot more creepy guys on the internet yeah. ready to follow 100%. ready to follow a, a be- ready to follow a beautiful woman than there is uh creepy girls to do the the same thing you know it just doesn't work that way uh, yeah so growing her pr- growing her profile has been really really mind opening because it's really just been a consistency thing when um we get lazy or get complacent and are only posting on her page once a week we uh, don't see a lot of growth but if it's three times a week and we're dialed and um she's constantly on top of it we just see those numbers gradually increase and i'm really excited about her process and i want to get her out of her bartending job because she doesn't want to do it anymore and she's Mm -hmm. not passionate about it in the same way that i am um Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I am more geared towards making sure that um, she gets there first. And I feel like once she's where she wants to be or is at least um, monetizing it in the way she wants to, I can start focusing on uh, on my platform a little bit more. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a couple things on for both of you. Have you thought – because one of the things when you're saying you're not sh- – you don't feel comfortable – asking people what your services are worth. So are you saying that you're kind of afraid to say, Hey, you should be paying me $200 a month or something like that. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the big thing is I, I, it's just, I'm trying to figure out one, how to best structure monetization. Um, Mm. Cause some people, cause there's a, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Um, either you just sell a one-time program mm-hmm. and, uh, that's just a, that's just a one tra- one-time transaction or you have reoccurring payments, which is more, um, what I want to do. And I think in order to have a re a reoccurring payment structure, I think it's important to have, uh, the credibility to behind it. Yeah. I've developed a pretty good physique, you know, but, um, as far as my online presence goes, it doesn't look like, uh, it, it doesn't look to the outsider. Like a lot of people have believed in my process yet. Right. Hmm. You know, just like, um, I don't know. I think who I get, a lot of my inspiration from is a guy who's based out of Hillsborough. His name's Julian Smith. Mm-hmm. He has about uh, 1.3 or 4 million followers, and he sells a $6 subscription to mm-hmm. his workout programs, which are very effective. I encourage anybody who's getting into bodybuilding to try his program. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sells $6 subscription. I mean, if with 1.3 million followers, I'd be willing to bet that at least 10,000 of those are paying sure. $6 a month for a subscription. And he's passively making $60,000 a month sure. off of subscription fees compared to where um, it's uh, where it's more like a real estate transaction where you just make a ton of money at one time with a mm-hmm. one-time program and they don't, and they don't need you anymore. I'm trying to make it so that like I, can provide a service that people need consistently um so i i can continue to get their business rather than just having a one program and people are done with me you know yeah so one of the things i was thinking about because you know i was kind of looking at your your socials your girlfriend's socials like trying to figure out from a business perspective and it's interesting because i don't have when you're talking about like the credentials people it's not like i've built a ton of huge businesses. I've consulted with some people and helped their businesses really get better, but it's not like anything where, you know, I could say, Hey, I made Nike X number, you know, but 
thinking about your business, I was thinking, you know, if you guys were doing something like a Patreon and you had something set like a good, better, best model, have you thought about that at all? No, no, I'm, I'm all ears. Okay. So my thought was like with Patreon, you know, you would have like three different tiers, a good, better, best model. So your good model is potentially like every month you're programming, you know, and you're not programming for specific people. You're maybe doing two different goal, you know, people trying to lose weight, people trying to gain weight and you program those programs. So they would pay, you know, maybe $25 a month for that. And they get new programs every month. So that would be your subscription base. The better version of that would be, they get that plus your programming some meals for them. You know, you're like, you're giving some recipes, um, you know, you, you're showing things that you actually make things that you actually eat and, and with the program. So maybe that's like 40, 50 bucks a month. And then your best one is 75 to hundred. They get all that stuff. Plus they get like a weekly FaceTime check-in or they get some, you know what I mean? So you like at each of those tiers, you have some sort of value that you're providing for them every month, you know? And so then that way you're setting yeah. up that, you know, that subscription income that you were talking about. And then you're yeah, also, uh, you're allowing that to scale because you're not doing like individual programs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like that idea. And that's, that's more along the lines of, of where I, I want to head with this. Um, I, mm -hmm. I'm not really, I'm not impatient with this process. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love, I love the gym. Um, I, I love personal, I love fitness. I, I want to make other people passionate about it. And I, I know that this is eventually going to be what I do for full time for my income. And I'm, I'm not in a hurry to, to rush the process and just have to get there right now. Like I know, I know it's going to come. And, um, that's what, what you were saying that tiered, um, kind of that, like that tiered structure of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of kind of like an ongoing subscription is, is where I eventually see this going. And um, when, I, I don't know how long it'll take, but it'll get there. Well, even right now, you could be working towards that. If you weren't comfortable doing that, you know, even yeah. like you were talking about, get the social proof. If you have people yeah. that you are training right now, get them to give you. Because I saw in your stories at one point, someone was like shouting you out and like, hey, this guy's really helping me with my programming or whatever. But it's like if you leave that just in your stories, then it's gone in 24 hours where, you know, yeah. it might be good to start having. Maybe you could if you're helping people be like, hey, would you be down to record a quick video and do and then start posting testimonials on your your page as well you know yeah. so that way that yeah. way if people go back to your instagram they're seeing social proof of other people saying hey this guy's really helped me you know what i mean before yeah. and afters yeah. i mean your space your space is made for selling on instagram because you know you're showing transformations you're showing people making dramatic gains like that's the kind of stuff that people will be like whoa and then you can you know push them towards whatever you're whatever you're selling, but like even with a, a Patreon, I mean, I, it probably doesn't cost to get started. Like even just to start building your content. Cause you could start, you know, have you could have special access that only your Patreon members have access to the, you know, videos or whatever. Um, you could have content already set up. Like, honestly, you're a really good podcast guest. You probably should have a podcast, you know, where you're answering questions, and talking about specific topics that are, you know, related to health and fitness, and then just leaving that content on there. Cause as you build that library, then it's going to make 
that more valuable for people when they actually subscribe. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, so it's funny what I'm saying, like I'm, I'm uncomfortable with, uh, making that next step. Um, sure. I, so just, just the Instagram presence that I've, uh, I've, I've started kind of trying to accumulate right now. Um, that was a really, really uncomfortable step for me in general. Um, I've always been really, really, I've, I've, I guess part of my value structure is, um, hiding your grind, I guess, sure. being quiet about it. And I'm not really, um, uh, like a magician never reveals his secrets, right? I always wanted to be the guy that was, um, was muscular and aesthetic and I didn't want anyone to know how I did it. You know, I always hmm. wanted to, to hide and just, um, like it, because the, uh, like from the 48 less, um, I don't know. I think, uh, I like, Oh, cause from, I guess, um, from, I guess that's just kind of how my parents value structure was, uh, growing up, you know, it, it seemed, um, it came, it seemed cocky and seemed like I was bragging about, um, and like really just having my whole, training process being geared towards, um, getting results that got a reaction from other people. Um, it got approval from other people. I didn't want it. I didn't really want it to be that. And then also I got, <laughs> after reading the 48 laws of power, I mean, five, six years ago, I got obsessed with, um, one of the laws, which is basically like, don't let people know what you're doing. Just be really good at it. And there's going to be that level of mystery to you. It's going to be a part of your draw, part of your allure is that there's something obviously different about you. And we don't know how you did it, but it's it's really cool. And we want something. We want a piece of it. Right. Hmm. And I just kind of became I kind of got caught up in that idea. And then I started doing the the modeling thing and really stepping out of my comfort zone and that was always something I, that was such a weird experience for me, mm-hmm. um, from the get go. I just never thought that was, um, a path that was ever going to be open and, and, and it, and it opened and it was, and then fitness became even more, uh, more of a passion for me. Yeah. We didn't even talk that about way. the modeling thing. How did that, cause I mean, you've modeled for big brands. I mean, I saw you like, uh, some Adidas stuff, right? Yeah, um, in the past four years, I've done a lot of work with Adidas, uh, Lululemon. Um, I did a lot with Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. Um, and how did that all and, come? Oh, to be? Nike. Um, geez. Uh, so there was a girl that I knew when I was going to school at uh, University of Oregon, um, and she, um. Uh, her her aunt was the is the owner of the current uh, agency that I'm with, mm. and she told me like, "Hey, you got an interesting look. Um, haven't seen you in a couple years. You look great. Like, here's this. Um, here's my aunt's number. It, it's gonna cost you like 400 bucks to get a portfolio going, but afterwards you just you, you'll book one shoot and it'll be a, a large lump sum of cash and it's pretty cool." Um, to be a part of and just go check it out. I'm like, okay, modeling, that's weird. That's not even anything I've ever considered in my lifetime. Yeah. 
and um, I just sent in a couple pictures. They were just awkward selfies because I'm not I I'm even to this day I'm bad in front of a camera. Like it like I'm awkward. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing for the last four years on shoots. I've just showed up and pretended like I knew what the fuck I was doing, and I never <laughs> did because uh, there are really good models. It is hard to be a good model, and I I never was a good <laughs> model. I'm still a shit model, and I don't know why they keep booking me to be honest. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but so that happened and they came, I, I went in and I took all my digitals. My first ones are all these really awkward. Like I had no idea, like, what do I do with my hands kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, they ended up bringing me on and they said there was a $200 yearly online fee to keep my pictures and portfolio on the website. And then I would have to pay 400 bucks to go get professional pictures taken. So I had um, something to sell to clients. And then within a week I got booked for a Nike job. Hmm. And at this point I was pretty muscular. Like I was more football modeling wants track. They want you mm -hmm. to be like a, they want you to be like an 800 runner. Mm -hmm. Um, not, not Justin Gatlin. Right. right. That's yeah. Um, so I was more muscular and, um, I'm a little taller than most male models are. Um, I'm actually at the upper end of the spectrum where you can't really model. At How tall all. are you? Um, like I got, I'm six, four. Okay. Like, I'm like a little closer to six, five than six, four. Okay. Um, and I showed up at this Nike job and it was six days of work and it was supposed to be like a $15,000 job. And it was and I was 19 years old or 20 years old. And I had never even considered like I was working at a basketball camp that paid me $400 a week right, and I right. was working around the clock yeah. at the time. So I'm like, uh, so I go to this Nike job and I ditch the, I, I pretty much just ditched the coaching for a second camp cascade. Uh -huh. Um, Kyle worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I go to the, I go to this Nike job and I show up and I'm much bigger than everybody on set. Every male there, so much bigger, just taller, beefier, and no experience. Had no idea what the hell I was doing in front of a camera. And I was supposed to be booked for six days, and they didn't have a single. All the clothing that they had for me didn't fit me. Okay. And Nike, yeah. And I'm and it was weird because I'm like, don't you guys like, don't you have NBA players on your payroll? Yeah, like right. Six eight, six nine. Like this is bizarre. And then Nike is not allowed to make alterations to their clothing. Hmm. Um, if you're there doing a shoot, it has to be exactly how they sell it. Hmm. And um, most male models are in mediums. And wow. I was not a medium. Yeah. yeah. And I was not a medium. So um, none of their clothing fit me. And I didn't take a single picture that day. And they paid me uh, however much of, I don't know, I think they paid me for two days. And all I did was sit around for one day and eat catered food from the Nike photo area in Beaverton. Wow. And I didn't take a single photo. Yeah. And that was my first experience with modeling. And after that, I actually started booking jobs and taking pictures and I got a lot thinner. I did it in a really unhealthy way. Hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, definitely know what uh, if anyone has issues with eating disorders, I definitely know what that feels like. Hmm. Um, modeling, modeling definitely gave me one. Did you stop eating or were you throwing up or like, what was the, um, it was mostly just stopping eating. I had an, uh, okay. you, I got like an unhealthy obsession with fasting. Um, mm. I would do like, 
I would watch videos and read my way into believing that doing 24, 48 hour fast with just water was good for you when really I just knew it was just my attempt at uh, shedding quick weight and staying really lean and skinny. And then what that causes is like super rebounds where I would have like these 12,000 calorie binges where I was in Santa Monica at the time, living in Santa Monica, trying to do the modeling thing. And I had a shoot and I starved myself pretty much for, I don't know, I was eating, I was exercising really, really hard and eating nothing like 1200 calories a day, which is like 2000 hmm. calories below my maintenance right. level. And I would have the shoot and I would be frail and I would feel like shit. And I'd be chippy as far as emotionally because I'm hungry mm -hmm. as hell mm -hmm. and I'm working out really hard. I'm just mad at the world that I have to do this, um, but too attached to my modeling identity to let it go. And then after the shoot was over, I'd be I'd be in the freaking Krispy Kreme line and getting a box of donuts sure. and just slam slam twenty it slam twelve donuts fast and then go to Del Taco down the road and just anything I can find. And then here I am in my fucking in my apartment and i feel terrible because i just ate twelve thousand calories in four hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. so and i did that and i battled with it for a really long time um because when you starve yourself and binge like that your the fluctuations and what your body looks like in the mirror are actually pretty drastic hmm. um and because you're depleting yourself of so much nutrients that hold on to just a natural a sustainable amount of water um, you end up dehydrating your body and then you throw so much shit into your body at one time that your body just holds on to water, holds on to sodium and you blow and you blow up and then you starve yourself again because you look like shit in the mirror. And then mm. it, and the cycle just perpetuates itself and keeps going. Yeah. And um, I dealt with that for two or three years before I finally found out that you can eat like a normal human being and still look great. Hmm. You know? Wow. Yeah. And I, from what I understand, most people who have been in the fitness or modeling industry go through that um, at least once. Yeah. Especially girls. Girls have it much worse than guys do. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't even know how we, how we got off on that. We, what were we talking about before? Because I was, we were on a path, and then you brought up the modeling. I was like, oh yeah, shoot, we didn't even talk about that. But what were we? Oh yeah. Uh. Um. Man. I think. Crap, because I, I was I was on that. Um, oh, we were talking about long term, you know, monetizing. Oh, that's what. Oh, it was. yeah, 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 yeah. I was asking you about, you know, because one of the things I noticed at one point in my life, I lost a ton of weight. I was actually training people, um, and one thing I did notice was that uh, when I trained people in small groups, I could charge less and still make more, and so that's why I was thinking like a Patreon would make sense for you for you guys because you know you could charge instead of you know charging one person to train them a couple times a month you know a couple hundred dollars you could charge you know 15 people 30 dollars and make end up making more money out of that hour you know what i mean yeah so i really think it, it's interesting that the the law of, of power ended up kind of being a self-limiting thing you know yeah. it made yeah. you you know, it's because that is one of the things, you know, like I was thinking today, I'm like, man, I'm on this podcast with this model and I'm for don't, I didn't even comb my hair this morning. I forgot. I haven't shaved. <laughs> I work from home. I look like, sh you know, but it's like, you kind of have to get over 
that uncomfortableness of, you know, I'm not really, you know, it's like where you're like, I don't really feel like you should be making content all the time. You know what I mean? Especially like, and not just posting to Instagram, you know I mean? I think if, yeah, I really think you should have a podcast. Like just from this, I probably want to talk to you more about it off the, off the air, but um, yeah, man, like we should talk about you having a podcast anyway. Sorry. So (laughs) yeah, I know you're not in any kind of rush, but like, what is the, is there a plan in place? You're going to blow your girlfriends up first and then kind of circle back to yours. But like, as far as like the next steps, what are the next steps for you? Um, so the next steps for me, um, one, I just, I just want to focus on getting back into a rhythm with uh, the whole pandemic process that just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, my my industry, both fitness and fitness modeling and bartending, have all been shot in the foot, um, pretty pretty bad. And yeah. I just I'm still at the point. Oregon's still in that kind of like tiered uh, risk, you know, by you know risk levels by county thing. And there's always the risk that we fall back into extreme risk. Mm-hmm. And um, especially with the new variant, I'm. I, I'm not, there's just too many, too much contradictory information out there for me to make a really informed opinion sure. on this whole coronavirus thing. But I know that, um, no matter what I have to deal with the consequences of what happens. Right. And, um, I just want to make sure that my bartending schedule gets back to normal so that I can structure my life to then focus on my project, my dream of pursuing, um, uh, pursuing fitness, um, okay. as, as a way to, to provide income for myself. And so if I can get my four days a week set my four tens for, for my bartending schedule, and then be able to use the rest of my week to, to pursue that, that side hustle mm-hmm. to make it my main hustle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just what I'm focused on right now is okay. just getting back to, to a structure. Cause I'm, I'm such, um, I'm a routine oriented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to make sure that things are pretty, pretty uniform as far as my schedule goes. Um, there's some things that I just kind of let, uh, uh, be more free flowing. Like my diet's pretty free flowing. Um, but like as far as the gym and working on my side hustle and working on, uh, work, um, mm-hmm. you know, not, not quitting my day job. You know, I like those things to be pretty, pretty structured. And that's just what I'm focused on right now. And it's easier for me to just, um, just push my girl's platform right now. I'm working on building her a website right now. We mm-hmm. haven't decided what, uh, what platform we want to use. I like Squarespace cause I think visually they just have, um, my friend, uh, Trey, he's another model with the option that I'm, um, uh, with option, which is the agency that I'm with in Portland. He uses Squarespace. His website is sick. He's mm-hmm. selling a lot of online programs. Um, mm. He's a fr- he's a freak. He ran track at Arizona State. Uh, this guy's yeah. If you want to learn to be explosive, that's another guy. Um, okay. Trey's a cool dude. Um, I could probably send you his information too. If yeah, you're we can definitely doing basketball we can link kids. any of the stuff that. Well, I don't coach anymore. It's been like ten years, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. We can link any of that stuff that you want to put out. You know your stuff, your girlfriend's stuff, whoever. We can link all that in the show notes. Um. I did have a marketing idea. I think would be pretty simple. I don't, what do you listen to when you're working out? Is that Ooh, what do I listen to? Um, not always audio books. I have music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I usually actually now recently in the last last 
couple months. I just haven't been listening to anything. Okay. I'm just I'm just there. Yeah. Because I think one thing that would be easy for both you and your girlfriend to do would be to do like a weekly uh, play, like Spotify playlist, like what you're working out to and just, you know, put, yeah. put whatever music you're, you know, because if you go through like a hip hop phase or heavy metal phase, whatever you could like put, here's the stuff I'm listening to this week and then put, because some of making content is just about awareness, right? Like I just want people yeah. to be aware of what I'm doing. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to sell anything. And with the Spotify playlist, you're curating music, like workout music for people. So they could just go to Spotify and check out your playlist. So I think something like that would be kind of cool. You could also, you know, until you have a website, that could be like your link in your bio could be, you know, linked to yeah. your Spotify playlist that you update every week. So plus that's could, a good idea. Plus, then you could use that as content. You know, that's a post like, hey. Yeah. Here's the, you know, I'm going on a, a Motown kick this week. The new, the new Spotify playlist is up, link in the bio. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, just little things like that, I think, you know, as you try to raise awareness. Because, I mean, your Instagram is really good and I think is has a lot of good stuff in it. But it's like there's I think there's other things you could do that wouldn't take a ton of extra time that might help enhance what you're doing. and raise Yeah, I will say. I will say if I am listening to to music while I'm working out, I um I don't know what to categorize categorize this as, um, but um, I refer to it as uh, music you would roller skate to. Okay, all right. You know? Yeah, like a like a roller skating rink. You know, I feel like uh, a lot of just kind of like old funky poppy music stuff okay. that's just like a easy to vibe to. I think it's got quite a bit of mass appeal at least if you play it loud. loud See, and that's proud what I'm saying. Like, group, you know? think about that. Yeah. Like. Even for you, it'd probably be kind of fun as you started to build a playlist with that type of music, you know, because you'd have different, you could pull, I mean, that's thousands of, you're basically just talking about like pop. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the game, you know, you go through like some Mike Posner and Bruno Mars, you know, you could like start putting to a Katy Perry, you know, you could have all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. And every week just put up new stuff. It'd be kind of cool, I think. Yeah, hold on. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of what my favorite okay. favorite song is right now. Yeah. I'm listening to music. Uh, also, I, I like a lot of reggae too. Okay. Um, just from See, that's the, what I'm saying though. Like, my, whatever yeah. the mood is, like whatever your vibe is for that week, you could create a playlist for that, and then just put it out. And then, like I said, you know, people could just go and like, all right, sick. I'm listening to what Mason's listening to this week while I work out yeah. too. So. Um. Yeah, that's good. That's actually. I, at least I can put that on, um, what's that section of Instagram? I'm still really not that well versed in Instagram. Uh, that little, they're like a permanent stories, right? Yeah, you can yeah, post yeah. on like underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. My girlfriend's great at them. I, I'm so bad. Uh, yeah. I just, I just put all my old modeling shit on there recently, but, um, I think I could just make a whole one dedicated to what I'm listening to if I'm working out. For yeah. sure. Or you can make a reels yeah. with one of the songs that you're, listening to too i mean that's what i'm saying yeah. you can take a picture like because a lot of times there'll be pictures of you work like working out you could just put new playlists up you know on the pick and then like i said link in the bio and then just put the link to your spotify playlist that you're updating every week yeah okay yeah i like that i'm not probably actually going to jump on that today i still gotta i still gotta go to the gym today okay. so that's what I, yeah 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 so um Anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. Is there anything that I forgot? Let, let's plug your stuff. If people want to know more about what's going on with you, they want to follow along with you. And since we mentioned your girlfriend so much, maybe can you plug both of those instas? 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, my Instagram. Hold on, I even got to Google. I mean, I even have to look up my own Instagram name. Hold on. <laughs> and again, uh, we'll link them in the show notes. People can go to the show notes and like, yeah. click to. Do you want me to? Them. Do you want me to put them in the chat? Uh, no, just shout them out so people are like listening. And they want it because some people will listen to this and not even see it. So like, if they're walking their dog or whatever, they want to go back. Just give us an okay. Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my Instagram is uh, Mason NJSW, just all lowercase. Um, I post a lot of stuff on there, whether it's just uh, me uh, flexing, me being excited about how far I've come with my physique or just uh, where I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot, most of what I'm posting is workouts uh, that I do personally. Um, if, if, if you ever just want to follow along or looking for a, a mix up in your routine just to get a challenge, you know, um, you get a lot of info like that. And then my girl's account, which is uh, definitely um, come much further along the mine at the point, is uh, it's just Erica underscore Cassandra or Cassandra. Gosh, okay. she'd fucking murder. She would murder me <laughs> if she heard me say Cassandra. Oh, um, it's Cassandra. Erica Cassandra. I always screw that up. It's been five years. We've been together five years, and I still okay say Cassandra. <laughs> Um, one um, other thing I think would be helpful too, because when I was kind of going through your stuff, I was like, I wonder what he used to look like. Maybe like a before, like here was me in 2017, you know, or like a progress. Like if you had some kind of, you know, side by sides, something that was showing the yeah. progress, I couldn't see, I didn't find any of that stuff. Maybe it's in there, but you know, you know, what's, what's funny is, um, so one of my buddies, uh, Devonte Adams, mm-hmm. um, him and I both, um, so he's a model now as well and he's um starting to really come into his own uh real real good looking cat he's uh him and i kind of fall into the same problem with the uh before and after pictures so when we were younger like we were kind of like the chubbier kids Mm -hmm. uh like no we weren't the ones that were like notoriously thought of as cute or um girls weren't chasing after us so we were insecure in that way and we, we didn't want to spend a lot of time in front of a camera so we mm. there's not a whole lot of documentation of us during um those years i got a lot of pictures of me when i was a little kid but um high school is pretty spotty and there's nothing that re- i have maybe two or three pictures that will show you what my physique looked like at that time mm. and then um mostly what i have is um, I got a couple of comparisons in the last maybe five years sure. of when I got really, really lean, um, like when I was model skinny and then uh, what happened as a result of a rebound from trying to be model skinny mm-hmm. and then where I'm at now, which is sustainable dieting, uh, a sustainable workout program. Um, See, I even think stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like even yeah. if it's just a couple of years ago, like showing yeah. model skinny here I was, but I was unhealthy and like you know, maybe you explain a little bit in the caption about, you know, cause I mean, I feel like you had some good stuff to share when you were talking about that, that would be good even to put, you know, in a caption on Instagram. Yeah. It's funny because like I'm two Oh five right now. And okay. there's a picture of me at 200 pounds. Mm. Um, and I did not look nearly as good at 200 pounds this time two years ago as I look at 205 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think aesthetically this, I think aesthetically this is the best I've ever looked in my life. Okay. Um, 
And in my opinion, I have a lot of people who tell me, oh, you look so much better when you were 180 pounds. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, maybe for a magazine, but um, for what I'm passionate about, not the case. Um, Yeah. Well, Um, I still, I mean, I just think you should start doing, you know, like when you're thinking about your content, I think it would be good just because ultimately your Instagram page needs to tell a story. Right now, if I go to your page, I'm like, okay, this dude works out a lot. Here's the exercises he's doing. But I think part of what would make your page more engaging is if I could see where the story started. You know what I mean? And yeah. like where it's going, I can see the progress, you know, instead mm-hmm. of just you drop into someone's life now if they follow you and you're like this dude that's already shredded and you know, it's like, what yeah. is this? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's funny because so um I hear this from everybody. Uh, so actually, one of our my girlfriend's best friends, uh, her name's Lisey Knight. Um, I I honestly don't even need to plug her info on Instagram. She is close to seven hundred thousand followers. Dang. Lives in the same apartment complex as we do here in Sa- uh, South Salem, mm-hmm. and she what she. And pretty much everybody I know who's developed a, a pretty good following on Instagram is what happens is in within that first like 10,000 followers, you're still catering your audience or catering to an audience that knows you personally mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, you're still trying to show people in college, people uh, from that you remember from high school, elementary school, all through your life, whatever sphere of influence they've been a part of, um, you're still catering your content to them. And what I... And I find myself falling into that trap because I know that most of my followers are people that I've met before in the past and they, they can think of what the transition is, but I can see what Mm -hmm. you're saying is where like, if someone just drops in, they're like, did that, this guy just fall from the sky in shape? Like how Mm -hmm. the fuck did he get here? Yeah. Not only that, but even the people that you came in contact with, like think about, you know, (laughs) the people five, six years ago. They may not even really remember, you know, because everyone cares just about themselves. Like they're not thinking about, yeah, they're not spending a ton of time thinking about Mason and what his transformation is. Like, oh, oh, exactly, like yeah, exactly. One of those things yeah. where if you post that, even if they knew you five years ago, oh shit, he really like, he's really changed. He's really done a lot of work. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think even if you think you're still catering just to people that know you, those posts still will have more engaging more chance of engagement than you know just posting the stuff you're posting now not and i'm not i'm not knocking the stuff you're posting now i hope i don't come off like that like that's not what i'm saying oh no no i'm completely open to criticism man i uh i i need all the help i can get that's i i don't think i I yeah no and i'm not even criticizing i'm just saying i think it might be helpful if you added some stuff that sort of filled in the gaps in the story you know what i mean because yeah even historically, like if you say you do blow up in six months, those people are going to want to go back and see that stuff anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to have yeah. that historical context on there just, you know, for the, yeah. Anyway. And, and you're, and you're, you're hundred percent right about that. You know, and I look at, um, there's a lot of YouTube guys that I, that I subscribe to and, um, what separates the guys who are interesting and the ones who are not are ones who have, um, who have relatable stories or, mm-hmm. um, uh, that actually show like what their progression was through their relationship with fitness and, um, the, you know, the ups and downs of it. And they're pretty intimate and with, 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 with that sharing. And I find myself far more interested in them than I do. Um, just the guy who's like, 
I'm super jacked, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, which is um, kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, yeah. It's because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not as engaged in, in blowing myself up right now as I am trying to make my girlfriend be on that end. And I think but she's I also struggling with the vulnerability part of it. I, I feel like you keep saying that and it's almost like, I don't think it needs to be an either or. I think it could be a both yeah. end. Like, I think you, yeah. And I'm not, I mean, obviously, I don't know you for some we've ever talked, but it kind yeah. of feels to me like you're almost using that to, like, not have to really get, go hard on yours, too. I mean, oh, most, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, yeah. So I definitely am using, I'm definitely, I don't want to say using, but she's definitely like the guinea pig to this. Like, um, I, I know I initially, when I was sold on this, it was me who wanted to be, um, having her do all the recording for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got pretty complacent with like the income that I was making from modeling and bartending sure. that I didn't really care about the side hustle portion of it all. But now I don't want to be associated with modeling like at all anymore. So okay. now I'm a little bit more inclined to work harder on my process um, as uh, far as develop- developing a, a, a fitness persona online. Mm-hmm. Um but like I mean, like you're you're right. I do. I I definitely use her as a as a means to procrastinate. Um, well, and it's but not even. It's also helped me learn. Yeah. I feel like it would be helpful to just take small steps. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Because sometimes it does get. Like, oh, I got to post again today. But like, set a schedule to get consistent, like you're doing with your training. You know, like. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna post twice a week. Start small. One maybe it's once a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, I'm gonna create a YouTube channel, or I'm gonna explore getting into a podcast or you know but start to i just think you have you i think both of you guys have potential to be definitely living off of your comfortably off of your fitness stuff but you know i mean i feel like you should get going you know yeah yeah get moving you know and uh, and you're right it's just it's just taking the first steps um i have so aj uh aj lapraise one of my best friends Mm -hmm. He, he does, he's doing the YouTube thing, killing it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he always tells me, he's like, you need to try YouTube. You need to try TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he's yes. like, your first, your first video is your first year. They're, they're going to suck, man. All of mm-hmm. it's going to suck. And then he's like, eventually, um, he's like, you'll still develop a following even if they suck. And then you start getting good at it. And then you really start building a following. And, um, I'm just procrastinating, taking that first big step. And I, my biggest regret right now is not using more of the, I guess, the off time I had with the bar to, to go out yeah. and, you know, that and, been, to go and yeah, make more content. For yeah. sure. And, and, and now, and it's, I guess, and the reasoning I used behind it was like, well, I don't want to get into a schedule with this and then go back to the bar and have my whole schedule fucked up. And, yeah. uh, and like, just giving myself any reason <sighs> not to do it. And, and now, yeah. And, and I, and I just, from that experience, I would tell, I could tell anyone, just don't do that. No, don't yeah. give yourself any reason well, so, not to do stuff. Like, okay. So now that you've identified the problem, now you gotta fix yeah. it. So you should get a yeah. schedule together and get moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well now, now see, like I said, um, I finally have a work schedule starting after this Sunday. That's going to be consistent. So okay. I can now make my life. I can work around my work schedule now in a consistent way to where before um, I was getting called in 
And like, I would be in the middle of a workout and my boss would call me and be like, dude, you need to get your ass to work. Like this mm-hmm. guy called in, um, now you're moving into a management position. We need you to, um, this is what it is now. So, yeah. um, yeah. And now he's like, okay, we can just keep you on these four days and keep you to four days a week. So, cause I told him that I want to start developing a source of side income and mm. he's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll cater to that. So now mm. it's starting to line up and I'm finally getting where I want to be just with my main job. So now I can really start focusing on making that push online and okay. just any, and now, I mean, a lot of the information feedback you've given me on far as what I could be posting, like that's going to help. And I, I can tell you right now in the next, in the next month, you'll really start seeing it uh, progress okay. more than it. Right. Maybe maybe my following won't progress, but at least my posts. That doesn't won't. even so matter. That's... That doesn't even matter. Right yeah, now. yeah. Like it, it's not important. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's got to be a habit, and I got to think of it more. I I just have to remember that it's it's a it's a passion project. You know, this is what I love doing. I just want to share um, what I feel that I'm I'm good at and what I love. So, and that's the that's the important part. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything I forgot? Yeah. Anything else you want to mention? Um, man. No, I mean I I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think we I think we pretty much hit anything. Um, yeah, hit everything good. that I I have to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being on, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you.